Here's a fact. If you ask yourself that question, does this feed my faith, my family, or my finances? And it doesn't. If you do that, I guarantee it'll, it'll guide your decisions. Welcome to the Now or Never podcast, all things entrepreneurship, people who just take life and kick it square in the ass. I'm your host, Tim Rexius, but my special guest, Mr. Steve Lerner, the learner, the learn dog, as many of you guys have heard him uh, affectionately named in prior podcast episodes. Welcome to the show, Steve. Or just the beard. Just the beard. Just the, beard. the beard and the gray. I don't know. That's kind of what we're... I don't know. We're, that's us as the dynamic duo. Yeah, the beard, uh, the, the beard and the gray. Well, bumper stickers coming near to your future. Um, this is a Q&A session, um, more or less, the questions we've been getting in a lot lately things that uh, Steve's been had the illustrious opportunity to come to a few of the speaking engagements. We did one at uh, one of the local high schools here yep. to a yeah. couple of entrepreneurship classes. Entrepreneurship. Right? Yeah. Like, out at Gretna high school. And, um, and Steve got to be part of that. It's definitely a big passion of mine, something we're doing a lot more mm-hmm. of. And, you know, we got a lot of questions there. So we, we kind of figured, Hey, you know what? There's a lot of questions, same questions we're getting over and over again. Yeah. That's, that's- Let's it's, pop in on the podcast. It's and not just high school kids that are asking. No, it's it's forty year olds. It's eighteen year olds. It, it doesn't matter what age they are. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead and kick it off. So, I think definitely one of the big questions that we always got in that was, where do you see your companies going in twenty twenty two? I think that that's <clears throat> been a question we get a lot lately, just because of where the economy is at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's always like, "What do you got next?" Because I'm always doing some crazy <laughs> shit. So. Um, you know, Iron Heaven is is growing exponentially. You know that you're the GM, yes, so it has it's, and, and it's it's insane. Yeah. Um, and you know, people are like, you can do a fourth one. That's not in the works right now at all. I know there's been a lot of talk about it, and we've thought about doing one eventually, and we probably will. But for right now, it's just maximizing what we have. We, we're looking at possibly doing an expansion at Stonegate because I'm looking for a bigger warehouse for Rexus because I'm out of room. Um, which is it's a good problem. Mm-hmm. I just got. But the problem is there's only three percent occupancy availability and warehouse space in, in the city of Omaha. So there's not a lot to choose from. And when and when you get to that low of an occupancy, it kind of takes away my negotiating leg. Like in, you know me, I you, like you to, love nego- to negotiate. I like, some people are non-confrontational. Confrontation is what I do. And so, yes, um, it is. And, and it takes away <laughs> my ability to negotiate, which makes the price and the cost a lot higher because I want an office build out. I want, I want a warehouse. I want to be able to do yeah. it all. But I also don't, it's not a building I own. And I'm not at that financial stage where building my own building or buying my own building is really feasible at this point. And so it's kind of just waiting to find the right spot. But once we do, the gym will expand our 3,000 square feet over at Stonegate, which is the 120th Maple Area one. Um, Steve and I personally met with the uh, the fire marshal and yeah, building code inspector. Yep. For over, Chandler. For, Chan- for the Chandler's at Ralston. So you're Ralston. Yeah, Ralston. No, La Vista. La Vista. La Vista. Um, and just talking about putting in a mezzanine, uh, adding on a couple thousand square feet of overlooking space and showers. So I think the big focus on this year for 2022 for Iron Heaven Gyms is maximizing what we have, mm-hmm. make sure all our customer, our, our members are happy and seeing the best we can do with the spaces we got right now. Um, really get us to a certain level where it makes sense to do that fourth one. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing well now. And, and two, we also just, you know, structuring, managing wise, how, how far can we push the learner over here before he snaps? <laughs> so um, I throw in a fourth one. I think might, it's going to, might lose his shit. I might so need an assistant. You might need an assistant for an assistant. We need to learn Dr. Junior. An assistant needs an assistant. Um, <laughs> you know, Rexius is the big focus is expansion this year. You know, we we've built the infrastructure, you know, to allow um our stores. It's been a it's been a switch of focus, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, people have seen me. I sold the Norfolk location to Josh uh come and his family a couple years, like two years ago almost now. Um, 
you know, we, we sold Bellevue this last summer to, uh, Alex, Christina, Christina Webster, yep. and we're, we'll be selling Sioux city to Jack Peterson and his family here next week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations to Jack been managing for me for three years and super excited to see him step into ownership out of employee role. And, you know, but we're, we're there for the whole step of the process to help them get to, I mean, we don't leave. I give just as much support as a franchisee as I do an employee, but you know, eventually we're going to sell Carney. Uh, probably to Justin, uh, our manager out there is just an awesome dude. And, and we have some people really interested in council bluffs. And so eventually our goal is just to get to our main three here in the Omaha Metro and everything else will be franchises. And the reason why is because franchise owners just make a lot more money. You have an owner operator invested into the, uh, the business. You, you just get that higher quality customer service. And I've seen stores like Ryan down in hot Springs, just absolutely destroys like nine months or eight months into his first year. Um, and, you know, it's a, it was a new state for us in Arkansas. And I think I'm just it really motivates me to see that kind of stuff. I'm seeing other franchises like Cody Guffey out yeah, West. Cody's, just Cody's destroyed. killing it out there. Alex Christina bought Bellevue and destroyed every record I had within four months, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, proof of the pudding that, you know, hey, yeah, ownership is a thing. So, but the thing for us is we have the infrastructure to supply another 30 to 50 franchises very easily with the corporate infrastructure we have with warehouse, the shipping departments, the marketing. Um, I have this videographer. His name's Chad. Uh, and the thing is, <laughs> hi, Chad. He's pretty good. Um, well, the thing is, is that, you know, these videos, they're used for all of them. Like a lot of the work we do can be used across 70, 80 locations. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to, you know, and so we've already got the corporate staff. And so for us right now, the big focus is expansion of Rexy is with the right people. Yep. Um, I'm finding out that I just don't have the time currently. And this is just for you guys listening. Like you got to really seriously audit yourself. Never do business with ego, do business with intelligence, um, sit down, you know, pros and cons sheet and really audit yourself. And I'm finding that I just don't have the time to do the legwork uh, for qualifying franchisees. I get so excited. I think everyone can be successful and they can, yeah. in my opinion, if they follow the recipe. If you're going to well, don't sign up for a franchise with me if you're not going to follow uh, the, the playbook. What's the point? Yeah. Trust me, you do not have it figured out better than I do. So just, the, you bought into my name, let let me do my job. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, pl- the playbook works. You have to just take it and you, implement it's it. It's like at the gym. You don't go. hire a trainer at Iron Heaven Gym and then do exactly the opposite of everything they say because that would be freaking pointless. Exactly. Why are you paying the money if you're not going to listen to them anyway? So that's kind of how I am with franchising. You know, it's uh, just, you're going to follow the playbook. I'll get you there, but mm-hmm. you got to follow the playbook. If you're not going to follow the playbook. And so I'm finding myself being much more honest with that conversation. Um, and I just think I need somebody else to help me, you know, qualify it. So I've spoken to, uh, another couple here in Omaha who I know who do, who are in this space and we're starting the process there to start letting them go out and broker, uh, Rexia stores across the United States. There's a lot of areas, especially in the Midwest that, you know, there are no stores anymore after the GNC bankruptcies and the complete nutrition mm-hmm. bankruptcies, there's just no stores and, you know, seeing how hot Springs did, um, I'm like, you know, I think there's, we're, we're primed for expansion. So that's a big focus on ours. Um, is expanding Rex. And the thing is, Rex is it's a very low cost franchise startup compared to anything else. And mm-hmm. so, but the thing is, I just don't have the time to do legwork. And so I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. VHI, we are all foot on the gas pedal. Don't stop till we get there. Uh, we, we went big. My bank account went small. <laughs> so uh, we bought a little bit too, too much. We I see a little too much. We, as my wife likes to say with the credit card going for a ride on, on the, on the, the swiper machine. Um, you know, we, uh, we went big, we have inventory, we have the stat, we've got the structure, we've, we've got the web, we got the software, we've got it all. And so we've added on about five different people in more of a part-time or side hustle, um, uh, 
kind of atmosphere, I guess, mm-hmm. side hustle position where they can be uh, sales reps for VHI on the side, pure commission based, um, and their own time. Each one kind of gets an area. Steve here um, is the uh, fabulous rep for the state of Louisiana and Mississippi and Mississippi. Alabama. And I, I mean, see, that's the thing. So he can do it when he feels like doing it. It's easy money. Um, they believe in the brand. They know the brand. We have more SKUs than anyone else in our space. That's for sure. Um, most new brands have five, 10, 15 SKUs. If you include flavors, we have, we have 80. So, um, but he's, I've been doing this for, you know, 12 years. So, mm-hmm. and so that's it. So, Hey, if you're watching this and you're interested in making some side money, you believe in the Rexy's army and you believe in VHI and you think you, even my franchisees, you guys are watching this. If you guys want a side hustle for VHI, you're more than welcome to, um, Brad Engelke is our director of sales and he's great at getting everybody set up and coaching everyone and working them through that process. That's yep. his job. That's what he does full time and everyone else. It's what a great easy way. You want to make some extra scratch on your phone. DMing people. Yeah, like let's yes, go. Yesterday I had ten minutes, so I just fire found four stores down Louisiana. I sent them some DMs. Just mm-hmm. said, hey, you know, here's what we got. Can I send you some samples? And immediate responses. I got two responses back immediately. So they got their samples shipped out yesterday. And hopefully the other two get a hold of me today. But that's it. Yeah, it's super easy. So it's, it's not. It's not hard. It, no. It's just one of those. Like if you got a personality, you know the products. All you got to do. I mean, this phone. Like for you guys who are watching on video, I'm, I'm holding up my phone right now. Okay. This takes away your excuses. You guys have heard me say this multiple times before. You have access to people 24-7, 365 worldwide. There's zero reason why with something like a, you know being a VHI rep, um, a sales rep, that you can't make money, period. Can you imagine if our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers had access to things like social media and phones? You know, I mean, Chad, like going back to when we were in high school, right? Us trying to make side money. Can you imagine like when we were in our teens or in our 20s, things like Uber and <laughs> your cell phone, smartphones, DoorDash, any of those? Like, I mean, to date, Chad and I's age, Chad, did you ever have a Nokia phone with like a hundred minutes a month? It would beep with there's 10 seconds left before that first minute was free was up. Yeah. Um, I, my very first phone was a Qualcomm I was 21 years old, living in New York. <clears throat> it was a, one of those Qualcomm. It was flat, had an antenna sticking out oh, of it. Yeah. Um, and I think I had 250 minutes a month. <laughs> and that was, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it it took me I don't know, about four days to finish those minutes. Um, and there was no texting. No, there's no text. That's so just I didn't, call. Everybody yeah, called. Yeah. yeah, everybody called. I think even when I got a text from someone else, they would charge me for a receiving fee. But and, it even like when ten, you, and it wasn't like 10 cents for everyone you like got 10 to. Cents. I think it might have been 25 when it first started. Like it's it was, yeah, it, pretty, pr- pretty insane. But yeah, I mean – that that puts us back in that puts us back in that like dates uh, us back, dude. Uh, yeah. Caveman days. Yeah, pretty, well, I mean, think about it though. But you know, like even then, when I'm trying to start my first businesses, and I'm trying to get jobs, I'm trying to do extra work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to basically just go in, get go old school, get an application, meet the owner, shake your hand, see what I could do for. You imagine, man. Like, I mean, I've always been the, the grind and hustle dude. Like, if I had access to things like a social media. Thanks to a cell phone, texting, uh, you know, smartphones. I really think it's smartphones. Not so much internet, it's the smartphone. You have the whole world in your phone, in your hand, anytime you want it. It's just a matter of what do you do with it. And so, that. I, yeah, so like when it came to the VHI side hustle stuff, I'm like, God, I wish I had this when I was 20. Are you kidding me? I would have owned the world. Holy <laughs> shit. If I could have afforded the phone, which then I was broke. Well, and I also think the, the advent of 
all the, I mean, really the social media, it's yes, having the device is great, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really, it's the software. It's sort of, you know, it's the applications yeah. that allow us all the power really be, because I mean, you're, 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 it's, it's really just, you know, plastic and glass well, until it, you put something. You well, know. it is. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you figure out that you know, like it's the social media platforms, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's LinkedIn, um, the tickety talk and the snappity chat. Yep, Steve, uh, now I can't stop calling it that. <laughs> um, but you have access to all these accounts and it allows you to, to have communication. And, you know, and this communication standard changes constantly. Sometimes it was, it was, it was very, uh, up to speed, up to par to do things via messenger on Facebook. And the last two years, I can tell you it's not. I mean, the DM on Instagram seems to be a more, prof I mean, I'm professional, but a more welcomed platform. Yep. Uh, messages on LinkedIn, every business person does it. It's played out and it's annoying to almost every person that it just, mm -hmm. and emails back. Why? Because texting became so prevalent. Email was dead. They said 2012, 2014, 2015, email is dead. It's all texting. I don't know about you guys, but any text that I don't need to read that's blowing up my phone, I unsubscribe from, which what did what? Email. Because texting, you can't really flag it and save it for later and mark it as unread. That's just how the phones are. Email, you can. Yeah. Email is that thing like, I can categorize this, I can flag it, I can get back to it later. Um, and so email's back. And that's the thing is now your email's on your phone. It's not yeah. just, you know, for a while email was dead because people really didn't do the email on the phone. They had the texting, they had some of the apps, they had some social media, but email was still a computer thing and you weren't at your computer all day. Well, now with the, the, the new apps, the new market, mail marketing systems are all on your phone. So anyways, the, the point is, is like I gave these guys like a basic, here's how I would message a brand new account, copy and paste this into your notes on your iPhone and send it out to 50, 50 accounts. It's that easy. You can look up nutrition stores in you know, uh, in Louisiana, see the 50 that pop up, go follow them on Instagram, drop a DM, boom. And all you do is you're going fishing. What's okay. the worst thing they say? No. Well, it's not, you don't even know them. You're on social media. Like yeah. it's not like you have to go ask a girl out in person or when we were kids, Chad, you had to call her house and hope to God her dad didn't answer. Right. That yeah, was yeah, the that worst. Was, that, yeah, I mean, oh think, my God. That I was terrible. Was, that was one of those ones you're like, I'm going to call you at five, be next to the phone. phone. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I had a plan when that happened. So I would call a girl and if they, uh, you know, if the, if the dad or the mom answered, usually I would be like a, oh, wrong number. So I just, you know, I'd fake like it oh, was yeah. because that, the, again, folks, we're talking about pre-caller ID. Oh yeah. We're still talking pre-caller ID. And and, and and you would do star six seven so they could star sixty-nine to find out who yep. phone number was. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think it was just it, it's it's kind of crazy because like anytime you do the star or something like that, you know, I would get there'd be charges on the phone bill. There used to be a phone bill with like thing. Yes, technically you can still get all the information of all the but nobody ever reads that stuff anymore. Nobody cares because it's yeah. in their phone, it's got the number. We used to have to memorize phone numbers. You remember that? All of them? I, I used to have to memorize all the phone numbers that I would call I'd memorize. Or or I'd have maybe a scratch list of, of numbers somewhere. I, but for the most part, that's I knew Chad. It was them. written oh, on I, your hand well, and you had to pray to God you didn't sweat. Well, and no, but, sweat but, but it away. it's like well, growing up, like I knew Chad's number. I knew Dave Dooley's number. I knew my parents. Yep. Like I knew yep. all these phone numbers yep. by heart. Yep. And now I can tell you vehemently, I have six children. Three of them, four, four of them have cell phones, right? I don't know any of their phone numbers. <laughs> I know my wife's. Yeah. I know mine because that's what's signed into half of our accounts. That was the last four digits of your phone number. Shit. Uh -huh. You know, that's that's it. I remember my parents' number growing up. 
That's all I got for you. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't I, know anybody. That's all I know is my parents and my old house phone. Yes, they still have a house phone. Because four zero two three seven one nine two nine two was my childhood yep. house phone. Four zero two three seven nine ten fifty nine. I've been with my fiance for now six years, and I still don't know her number. <laughs> Why? Because it's in my phone, and I just type call call. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. what's funny is Kelly and I got a phone plan together. You know, and you know we're getting married, and it's like. She doesn't actually know her number because we had gotten new phones yeah. and she had to switch it because she used to be on a family plan. Long story short, I know her number. She doesn't know. I don't even know if she knows my number by heart, but <laughs> millennials. I mean, what do you, you like, know, what do you expect? Was, yeah. We used to have to memorize stuff. was the thing, you know. And we used to have to court girls. Instead of DMing them, we used to have to actually sometimes literally knock on the door. Hey, is... You, you know, had to go. You had to go. You had is talk Jamaica? To is Jamaica? Oh, let's bring that. Is shit up. Jamaica home? <laughs> Shut up! All right. Nope. We're not going to that today. Uh, <laughs> Woo, I'm red. Okay. Um, but yeah, but that's it's just it. You know, in 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 these phones. I mean, even just. I always say that. It'd be funny you brought that up. Dating and courtship. The same skills it takes for that is the same set of skills you use for sales. Yeah. Yep. It is. You're barrier breaking, right? You're trying to break the ice. Break the ice, you know, find out pr- what call they promoting, like. Promoting, okay? Here's why I'm a good deal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is why you should go yeah. out. Yeah. And a lot of those same skills that you use for uh, attracting somebody of, of another, you know, another person, um, it's the same set of skills you use for sales. Yeah. It's just more or less gifted gap in communication. It's so. 100% true. And I've, I've, you know, had some situations where you would knock on that door and you try to put your best foot. And that's why it's a little nerve wracking sometimes, but you're right. I think that's a great analogy because it's like you are trying to break the ice and get them to, how do you put it? Sort of see value beyond this in, you know, the the first, and then Mm -hmm. what kind of person is, is going to represent me number one in the dating world, but then what kind of person, if you're in the business world, what kind of person are my other clients seeing in this person that I'm working together? That's why putting your best foot forward is really, really, really important. You know, that was something I got asked by the high school kids when we did some of these speeches and I did this in middle school too. I've got a couple of them that, Mm -hmm. you know, these kids and their communication, communication skills with their phones. I said, here's the thing, technically speaking, based on a matter of, um, I don't know how to say this in the nicest, in, in the easiest way, but um, technicality, they're actually better at communicating. They're used to the phones, they're used to the DMs, they're used to the, all these Discord servers and all this crap. What they're not as good with is quick response. Because when you're always in text format, whether that be computer, that be DM or text, you have time to think about it. You have time to structure your sentence. You have time to rewrite it and delete it. You have time to really make sure that that speech that you're saying is can be perfect. Yeah. All right, we're... We grew up in a society where it was all person to person right now. You had to be a little be- better at gift to gab. You had to be a little quicker under your feet. You had to firmly believe in what you thought and, and really think about it to have that shit roll off your Articulate. tongue. Articulate yes. it in, in a person to person, quick response type context. And so that's the difference. It's not so much a communication barrier. Like people really want to bag down on these kids. It's the inability to do it in person. They're very great, honestly, on DMs and texts. Like sometimes my son can can articulate something to me better on text because he had time to think about it when he asked me, especially when they asked me for something. Like, hey, can you buy this? And they, they put it in, they, they really make the sale well. I'm like, why can't you fuckers do that in person? And you got to think back. I go, they haven't had to. 
Yeah. That's the thing. So like parents are out there thinking like their kid, your kids are not lacking communication skills. They're lacking in-person skills. That's mm -hmm. it. So if you can take what they're learning in, in communication on a device and put that towards an in-person, because at the end of the day, I don't care how much technology we have. Nothing will ever be the handshake and a smile, period. And so like I told all these guys who are doing the VHI uh, sales rep jobs uh, on the side, I said, listen, you get four or five accounts, you get a few sales. I will fly your ass down to whatever state and city you want to go to and go meet them in person. Mm -hmm. because once you have a few accounts, you're making a few sales. I, I have no problem paying for the trip, paying for the hotels, paying for the, the flights and the car rentals. Go. Go meet your people in person. Why? Because I guarantee that now you have a relationship that's developing um, just like dating. It's no different. Now you guys are you're, you're closer. You know each other better. You're more comfortable. You like each other more. You're really getting that camaraderie. Meeting them in person now brings it to a whole new level. And so it's the same, it's the same exact aspect is that technology is great and it's a great way to barrier break and, and, you know, mass produce results. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not going to beat a handshake and a smile any day of the week. Yeah. So, there, no. There's so many different, there's so many barriers that you break down when you're in person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and you, you can get a sense of someone before they even open their mouth. Oh yeah. And, and I know that's, I know that's unfair in some ways because I think that there are extremely smart people who uh, can succeed without sort of being in the room, if you will. And, and, and being smart, that's all well and good. Being, you know, successful, making money, all those things. You don't necessarily have to be in the room to do those things. But um, there is something to some people are just better in person. And then you get somebody behind the key, technologically, whatever it is, they're not as good. That can nowadays almost be a deterrent. If you're better behind the keyboard, you can almost get more jobs. And that's kind of sad in a sense that well, some, some people are kind of, it's just change. It's changing so much how we, how we view. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing oh, is, is that sure. the fact that I'm putting reps back out on the road. One, I think a lot of people have cabin fever. They're ready to go. Yeah. And then two, because no one else is doing it. I'm always, I mean, I want to keep up with what the trend is. I also want to go to the space that no one's in because it's less competitive, but still efficacious. Right. And so sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, I'm doing radio right now. Why? Because, there's still some radio out there. There's still a demographic that listens to that. Yep. And nobody else is there anymore. 10 years ago, guys, everyone was in that space. And it's the same thing with on-the-road sales folks, right? No one's fucking doing it. Because company CEOs are looking at that's money I don't have to spend. They can use their phone. I understand the value of that person-to-person -person contact. And, and con you know, I say, let's use both. Yeah. Let's go ahead. For me, it's less risky because you've been already doing the work on the phone. Steve lands four or five of these accounts by doing it, even if they're small. Okay, cool. Now it's worth the investment. I already know he has some accounts down there. They're going to go meet them, cement those relationships, and hope maybe get a few of the other ones that didn't respond to DMs because now he's in person. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of that's that's my whole idea of the space well, right I mean, now. It's just, just going where other people aren't. Even just from the Rexy standpoint, it's hard for us to bring our reps in on our. Mega accounts, the ones that we, you know, we it's, essentially Rexius pays these people's salary through yeah. the, what we buy. Right. Yeah, it's still a struggle for us to come in because, again, they don't want to spend that money and they're their boss don't want to spend the money and it's the time and it's this, that, or the other thing. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, you don't need to kiss my ass via DM, you need to come in and impress my staff because I'm one person of 50 in my stores. Yeah, and then they, they need to like you, they need to believe in you because they're the ones actually making the sales. Yeah, I don't tell them what to sell. I tell them to sell what they believe in. If you want them to believe in you, you need to come in person, shake their hand and get that belief yourself. And people are starting to see the value in that again. So mm -hmm. we've been actually having our reps come in for that very specific purpose. So, um, but what was, uh, let's go to the next question. We had two of them today. Oh, 
What advice would you give somebody who's thinking about starting a business in 2022, given the inflation and the supply chain issues and all that kind of stuff? Like what, what would you say? To them? I think depending on what industry it's in there, there's, there's a choice we made here. Um, for a lot of industries that re, that, re, that rely on an, on an international, even domestic, but definitely international supply and demand chain, it is a shitty time to go on your own and create something brand new. To be, you don't have the buying power, you don't have relationships, you don't have the contracts. And that's just me being very, very real. Um, I've always, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I like to create things out of nothing. Um, that's just my, that's my, that's my art. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I like the process. Most people hate the process. I love it. And so I like to create brand right now is not a time I would do that because I don't have the contracts. I don't have the relationship set. We're already in a shortened supply and demand chain, which means my pricing is going to suck. I can say right now, let's say you wanted to make your own protein. I, I had a bunch of people message me about starting their own brand. I'm like, why would I give away my 20 years of experience and my degree to help you start a brand that you want to sell to me when I can just make it myself? Like guys, it's not like, it's just this, it's very, most of it's naiveness and, and not in like an, an, an egotistical way. It's just, it's just not, they're not cultured to how industry actually works. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're asking me to give away all my expertise for free that you could sell me something to make money. Well, why am I here to make you rich? Yeah. But anyways, I, I told one dude, I go, even if you have the money, even if you were as popular as you think you are, most of you guys aren't, just a heads up, um, <laughs> not even close, um, you don't have the relationships. Right now, if you wanted to make a whey protein, for instance, you have to wait till 2023. We're only in February. Like There, there is no supply left until Q1 of 2023 right now. That's how fucked up it is. There, you can't. And, and the thing is the international contracts like supply, right? They're not honoring the contracts in China or, you know, in, in Italy. Nobody's honoring the contracts. So the price that you agreed to upon, like, because it's so inflated everywhere, like it, it, it's like the wild, wild west right now. And so if you're going to start something brand new, I'd say don't. Honestly, it, it's going to be real tough. It's going to cost you twice as much and there's no guarantee you can even get goods to sell. So buying into a franchise yeah, it's not a bad time. Ask them the questions. I had a guy email us in from Phoenix about opening a shop, right? Mm-hmm. And I went through where you guys, he asked the right questions. What's your growth potential? How'd you guys do the last two years compared to the previous two years before that? Financially, expansion, all those things. What's the plans? What's the infrastructure? What's it look like? What's your honest thoughts where the supply and demand chain is? It was cool. That's why I was here doing yesterday morning when he saw me here super yeah. early, writing like a 12 paragraph email back to this, this gentleman and his partner. I'm like, well, hey, we're growing. We're the only one growing. Be real here. Here's where GNC, here's where these other brands are. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I've done. Here's our financial performances. We actually increased. Here's and here's why we did it because I study this stuff. I've been stock stockpiling supplies so that we still have stock when no one else does, which now allows us to be the only one to go to, which is allowing us a massive expansion. We're lower cost. This is why this works well. This is why we're not beholden to this contract. I've got these in place. Da da da. I went back and forth and. <clears throat> was able to say like, this is why we're a smart bet right now. Also just in the marketplace, who went out of business, who didn't, where are you looking at? And you're able to do all those. So some good franchises that have either great brand recognition or great infrastructure. If, they, if, they're, if their infrastructure is well, they're growing right now. And if they were sleeping on it, resting on their laurels, they're not growing right now. And they can't lie about it either. Just anybody else who's looking at franchising, like right now we're all doing our FDD, Federal Disclosure Document Updates. They're expensive, 
Lawyers love it because they get paid a lot. CPAs love it. We have to get audited every year. There's a financial audit inside of our federal disclosure document where they go through and audit every single thing in my in my franchising LLC to verify that it is legit. Me, McDonald's, Subway, doesn't matter what brand it is. We all have the same document. If somebody's trying to sell you a store and they don't have an FDD, they, they're lying. They're violating the law. Everyone has to have them. They're not cheap. So you'll know if somebody's serious about being a franchisor if they've gone and spent the hundred thousand dollars it takes to create one, and the twenty thousand dollars a year it takes to update it, which is how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. And so you'll know they have to say how many closed, how many opened, how many franchisor, you know, for how many transferred hands, like all that stuff is in everyone's FTD. And so the thing is, get that document, look it through, see what they did in 2016, 17, 18. In 19, what changed in 19 to 20, 20 to 21, 20 to 22, and see where their pattern is. Don't listen to the bullshit. Go to the go to the data. It's always in the data. And so anybody else who's out there really looking at it, looking at a Rexius, they're looking at a you know a burger joint, they're looking at a sandwich shop. I don't know whatever franchise. And franchising is a great business, right? You know, you got the structure, you got the belief, you got the supply and demand chain. Go and look in that. That that those numbers right there will really tell you where they're at. I can tell you this year, I opened two stores a year ago within seven days of each other. One was super close to the Metro, which, you know, obviously here we already have the name. Another one was 17 hours away. Never heard of us before. The one that was 17 hours away listened to everything I said, and they're doing phenomenal. Like, I don't know if that loan's paid off yet, but it's pretty close. They're eight, nine months in. They're just killing it. And I'm telling you right now, that store is going to be a $600,000 year store by its the second full year, just doing killer. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's not even operating it. Like he, he, he's in the business. He's very involved, but he has another job. He's a manager, but really great setup. They're one that's close to the Metro. And, and I really like these people. They're good people. They just, it's one of those situations where that they, I hear, I said, do this, do this, do this. And they're just not going to do it. Okay. And they decided to walk away. That's fine. We took it over. We went at 50% month one, 50%. And we're already up past that already. Mm-hmm. And there's two weeks left. So we're going to have a 200% increase from whatever month they did. Because why? Because my system works. And so that's my thing is if you're following a good franchise or who's got a system and a recipe for success, do it. If you're not going to listen, don't waste your money. Do not figure out that you think you understand it better than the guy who created the company. Because trust me, I make no money if you buy a franchise and shut down. In fact, it damages my reputation. It damages that FED I'm talking about. And you might sue me which cost me lawyer fees. I don't let anybody do it unless I think they're going to be successful. And so the only time my, most of my franchisees aren't successful, if I have a few, which hasn't been very often, is because they don't listen. Mm-hmm. They think they understand accounting better. I don't need to look, know my profit and loss. I don't need to know my balance sheet. That, that's, you don't need that. Yes, you do. Yeah. I don't need to listen to you how you do you know, chamber meetings. I don't need to listen to you how you do networking. Yes, you do. Because I don't see anybody who's done it successful yet who hasn't done our system. So that it's just one of those things. So it's not a bad time in a good structured company. Um, it is a bad time in my opinion to try something brand new just because I don't know, like it's a 26 week wait on new gym equipment right now. That's oh, yeah, just, <laughs> we've been waiting yeah. five months for assault bikes. We had 26 week wait for, um, I can't remember what leg equipment we were trying to buy, but it's a 26 week wait. It's a 27 week wait for a new, uh, 11 ton rooftop air conditioner. <laughs> and, and heating unit my heat yeah. went out in carney so we have portables so out there <laughs> i have four portables out there because i don't have a fucking option i even if i wanted to spend that ridiculous money which i don't uh, i don't have an option but the store's got to be warm that's how 
messed up it is right now, guys. And yeah. it's only going to get worse here over the next three to four months. I think once we hit August, September of 2022, you're going to see some levelization. Yeah. I but mean, right now, it's only going to get worse, especially in anything with hard materials. Yeah. That was um, like that rogue assault bike where I had to wait four weeks on a backstock list to get notified that they're available to purchase. So I'd hopped on there, per- went to purchase it. Oh, it's another three to four week lead time. It's free, so like, pre-purchase. They want to charge you exactly. They, know they wanted coming. to yeah. charge you that eight hundred dollars to I, pre-purchase I, that thing for another six. You know, so it's been a seven week process for an assault bike. Well, the thing is, though, we tried to buy it in October when we bought one for the other gym. They only had one available. So literally now, if you do the math, and we're looking at five and a half months, and we still don't have it and prepaid for it. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it is everywhere. I have a franchise right now that's been trying to open, but it can't pass an inspection until the HVAC equipment is done. It's been four months mm. sitting there, and the landlord obviously wants to charge him rent, but he can't pass inspection because he can't finish the HVAC equipment because it's it's on back order. They can't put up drywall until the HVAC's done, so they can't do anything else. It literally is just really slow crawling everything, and it's nobody's fault. The thing is, I don't. There's no one person to look at me and go, yeah, it's that asshole. I wish that was the case. It's not. It's just understanding how delicate our international supply and demand chain actually is. Mm -hmm. And so when COVID first happened, for instance, what you saw was people clamoring to get toilet paper and paper towels, certain food items, hunkering down for the the closure, right? And that's your, your normal dispensary items, which, yeah, I mean, they take up a lot of space in warehouses, but they're very light, so they ship them constantly. Mm-hmm. They don't have a warehouse dedicated to 400,000 square feet in the middle of, you know, um, Ames, Iowa, that's just full of toilet paper, guys. Like, they, they kind of stick with their normal supply and dimension. They ship it constantly because it's an easy item. It's light. And that's why you saw those, those issues. Realizing that all those shutdowns we had in 2019, 2020, all those little times right there, um, 2020, I should say, um, what happens is is you have places in China, you have places in in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and um, you know Austria and Australia that produce different things in the supply and demand chain that shut down for two three months. Some of them were on remote work. Some of them sh- some other countries shut down way longer than us. Mm-hmm. Well, they're always sitting on a year's supply. So what happened is you didn't really notice it going in through 2020 and 2021 because they were still selling old supply, but they're still trying. They're still backlogged six, seven, eight, nine, ten months, and all of a sudden. We hit in 2020, 2021, and a tw- mid-Q3 and a Q4 of 2021, and all of a sudden, everybody runs out of shit at the same time. And that's what happened. And you would like to think that in America, we make our own air conditioners. We don't. <laughs> okay? We don't make a lot of our own shit. And that's not just us. A lot of the countries rely on shit that is made here. It's plastics. And then all of a sudden, what happens is there's a shortage on uh, the shipping rates go up. 330% internationally, 25% domestically. Um, you're looking at a, a 200% increase in caffeine. You're looking at a 600% increase in sucralose. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sugar alcohol they use in diet pops. And just so people understand, like, it's, it's fucking everything. And, and it's going to take us a while to not only catch up, have the price come back down, and have a surplus. It's going to take a while. And just and understand there's no one to blame. There's no political party to blame. There's no politician to blame. It's just, it's a great lesson to say, okay, our infrastructure is fucked. We need to have a better plan for if this ever happens again so that it doesn't fuck up the economy. Because the people who are really taking the shorts, it, it's it's all the middle-income Americans in low-income. That's who's really taking it in the ass right now because groceries are up. Gas is up. There's a car shortage. Buying a that's U- the way it's always been. I mean, I'm not making – you're right. It's not the way it should. But that's kind of the way the, the way it's always been. I mean, when you're 
When what, if what? you if you know if you've got the gold, you make the rules. Well, it is, and the yeah. thing is, is, it's the massive inflation on such a short term. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in, in oh, a, totally. In a lack of goods. So, like looking at cars, I had two kids turn sixteen. Um, you know, I got a big family. It was like, oh, you do pretty well. I'm like, yeah, because I got six kids though. I need to. Um, I had to buy two used cars. Could you pick a worse fucking time to try to buy two used cars for two 16 year olds? Yeah. It it was a nightmare. Like what should have cost me five hundred to a thousand bucks cost me five thousand bucks. Which is a, a shit ton of money, yeah. you know, and I don't want like it's my kids. Like I want them safe, but they need a piece of shit. They gotta learn to. <laughs> they, they gotta learn to fucking. They gotta learn to appreciate it. it. Yeah, wax, I wax that rust on that fucking bumper and just love the share of that car because it teaches you appreciation. Yeah, you know, we actually toyed around with the idea of getting new ones, and I really didn't want to do this because Kia had some deals, some trade ins because mm-hmm. they were so short on on used right. cars and a lot. They were going to give you like a four thousand dollar bonus. I'm like, I got a shitty trade. I'll take that thing in. Well, and- isn't that like your truck? Yeah. Where you, it, the buyout is, it's worth th- what, $13,000 more than what your buyout is on yeah. that truck? <laughs> That's crazy. But the thing is, yeah. the new trucks are $13,000 more, more than, than they, they were two, three years <laughs> exactly. ago. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, but the whole thing, it's just, it just, you know, they, they, they need a piece of shit. It, it, it is. That's part of growing up. Well, I, I, I have you a know? question and it kind of yeah. pertains a little bit to, to what you're talking about. So, um, you know, Tim, you kind of mentioned, you're kind of talking about how these experiences, you, the question was, is it good, you know, is it a smart time to start a business in 2022? And Tim's response is, well, it depends, you know, what are you going into this, that, the other thing, but you don't have the relationships. And when you said that, I kind of started thinking to myself, well, now this new generation that's dealing with, you know, technology and social media and all this stuff, they can have it at their fingertips. Is there a sense, is there, do you, are you getting a sense that there's this overnight success that people are looking for? Yeah. They, they want it because human beings are kind of naturally, um, you know, Insta gratification. Oh, we yeah, we oh, kind yeah. of want it right now. And, and it's getting even worse. How is that affecting? Well, I think it, it, for me, the people that we're dealing with yeah. is that we became very much more social media popular like the last three years, right? The last four years, mm-hmm. especially. And it's like, you're like an overnight success. Yeah, it took me 20 years to become an overnight success. And people didn't see the first 10, 15 years. Right. But all of a sudden, we're at social media, we became popular, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't see all of a sudden, gym, 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 store, store, store. They didn't see the years where I was working a shop, barely breaking even, actually in the red, delivering pizza on nights, doing wood floor refinishes on the weekend. Living in your car. And that was college. But, you know, this is just when Rexia stuff. Um, you know, where all my kids got every present used on Craigslist or marketplace, every bike they had, every game system they ever bought was all used in that they didn't, people don't see that. Right. right. And people want the end of the rainbow without yeah. the road to yeah. get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you go back to the wizard of Oz, Dorothy had to follow the yellow brick road all the way to the end to get to the wizard. Right. That's yeah. a lesson in life. You know, you can't just snap your fingers and be there. It didn't happen. There's a journey that happens there. That about it's, And the funny thing is for me, I've always said this to my kids, same reason why I get a piece of shit cars. Be appreciative. Don't get, don't get, uh, don't get needy, right? Don't get entitled. Because when you finally get there, when you finally get, you know, to a certain level of financial freedom, right. you're going to appreciate it and you're yeah. not going to blow it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can tell right now, when I was 20, when I was 22, 23, Got hurt trying out, you know, football and then went to this job at Mid-American and I excelled at it, dude. But I'd always been so fucking broke. I had always been just so broke. And all of a sudden I made a lot of money really fast because I just found something I was really good at. And the problem with that was I burned all of it. 
I didn't only was I not only making a six figure income at 23. And this is guys, this is 2003. This is like, you know, it's, I'm making a hundred grand then compared to now. Think about it. Right. Yeah. Gas was a dollar 19 a gallon. We're what? Three fifty right now. Um, and buying a starter house, spec house, three, three bedroom home, 135 K right now, 235 K yeah. look at all those masks. So I'm making a hundred grand and I end up 150 grand in debt. Before they include a house guys. Like I, I just, cause I didn't have, I didn't really have the appreciation for it. And now I was the exception to the rule in the fact that I was able to go from zero to hero real quick because I made money. So I found an industry that I just had a knack at. I, I was, you know, I was that 1% in that business because mm -hmm. I was just, I, you know, yeah. had I had to struggle a little bit, like 99% of us have to do, I would have had the appreciation by the time I got that income. I wouldn't have burned a hole in my pocket. I wouldn't have got a new fucking car every year for five years in a row like a dumbass. Yeah. I was putting on 80,000 miles a year. I'd be 10,000 underneath the vehicle and I'd trade off for a new one. And so all of a sudden, I'm $40,000 underneath the vehicle year one. It took me, and I had that same truck now after seven years into Rexius because yeah. I had to pay the fucker off. So, <laughs> but that's the whole point. It's, it's people see that, and this is what we're getting. I've had this happen with a lot of people that we've mentored and stuff. And they're like, oh, we want to own stores and gyms like you and Brittany and have this. I go, that's awesome. Like, I'm very flattered when people want to have that. They call me and Brittany their goals, right? That's great. Okay, you realize it took us 12 years of Rexius and Gems to get here, right? It was not 12 months, 12 fucking years yeah. of literally her and I trying to like, okay, well, we can pay this bill. But uh, that one's going to – future Tim's going to handle that shit in a couple weeks, and it's going to be a few weeks late. Guys, that was only me and Brittany three years ago, four years ago. But we – I knew what I wanted to do. I was willing to take the risk. I knew I bet on myself – that I had the work ethic, that I believed in my vision to do it. But there was a lot of struggle, a lot of sacrifice that had to happen with our kids. Um, you know, with like Lexi being our oldest, a lot of things that she didn't have that the other kids are going to get. And now I understand like my parents, like you spoiled my baby brother. Well, I get it. They didn't have the money yeah. when we were younger. But all of a sudden, you know, yeah. 10 years later, they did, you know, because they get in their 50s and they started making, you know, there, there's a whole income jump. that. But there is something to be said about starting out um, you know, if I hadn't started out with a uh, 1979 Oldsmobile Royale when I was 16 years old, uh, and instead I had some sort of souped up BMW, I would not appreciate because oh, right now, 100%. right now I'm driving the nice car I've ever had, and it's a Honda, guys. I mean, it, it's it's a nice Honda. I'm not upset about it, and I, you know, I, I I have payments on it. But the thing is, if I had started at 16 with like a souped up BMW with you know dubs, dubs. <laughs> Yeah, Please you know have I mean? the dubs, dubs camera. Right? Dubs. Dubs. <laughs> but if I, if I would have started with that at 16, by now, um, I would probably be on like, you know, $150,000 Mercedes. And if I wasn't, and if I wasn't on that car, my life would be a failure. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's something to be said about, like you said, starting from starting from zero. Yep. But if you're going to hero that quickly, you're going zero to 60 that quickly, you, lose that um, you kind of lose the perspective mm -hmm. of right now I have the nicest – I'm driving the well, nicest car I've ever well, owned. Great story. So Chad and I grew up in Norfolk, Nebraska. It's not a huge community. It's not a village as my wife in the other room would like to say. Um, but, you know, there, and, and you knew who had money in town. You knew who didn't. You know, my, we, we lived in a decent neighborhood. That's for damn sure. My dad got a deal because he was a banker. He got a deal in like a foreclosure thing. And, and he paid – Chad, he paid like $40,000 for that house. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you I imagine? Mean, I think mean, they sold it for three hundred four hundred. Easily. hundred. Easily. Yeah. You know, this is one the of the idea. nicest areas oh, in town. Oh, oh, yeah, it was. Sky, sky, you know, sky, yeah. uh, sky View. Sky View. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So sky view there's a guy around the corner of the street, Zaras. Oh, yeah. Drive, drove a Hummer. 
Doctor? I think so. Something like that. Yeah, all the doctors were by us, right? Big old Hummer. Yeah, yeah. big old Hummer. And that was that was back in the day before it was like the like the the the, the trendy Hummer. This this is like the nineties, right? So we had the H ones and H twos going into like two. Then they made H threes so people could afford them, but they were like small. They're basically Jeeps. But didn't they have like the actual Hummer Hummer? Like H one, H one. But I thought it was even before that. Remember when they were like uh, the, the still considered? No, it was white with black. It was an H1 first edition. I believe it was 1995 because I was 15 getting my license. I remember this because they lived right up the street from me. It was an H1. It was street legal. So um, even then it was a bit rough because they were about 12 foot wide. The H2s, they made about 10 foot wide so you could fit in the lane. Um, but so anyways, just to give you guys an idea. I was 15 years old. I have been, I was obsessed as a I'm not a huge car guy, but I've always wanted them. Right, I right. thought they were fucking cool, yeah. right? And then I thought they were douchey when they made the H3s. Hey, I'm going to act like I have money, but I don't. So this is basically a Jeep uh, with the same grill. And I just thought they were cheap, but I've always wanted one. They quit making them. Now there's the electric comers and I'm looking at these prices and you know, they're already pre-sold. They haven't out yet. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to spend that much money on a fucking car. Yeah. But here's been a goal of mine. And, and we're talking 26 years. I am 41 years old. Well, talking about my truck. Well, I'm selling my trucks. I'm buying out my lease. It's worth ten to thirteen thousand more than I owe on it. And then I'm looking at the new trucks. They're thirteen. I don't want to spend sixty, thirty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Nothing about that makes. I, I doesn't. Right. It, but I've always wanted a Hummer. So I start looking for Hummers. Well, in Columbus, Nebraska, I'm, I might go do this next week. We're, we're, we're negotiating. <laughs> I'm trying to buy out my lease. There's an 05 H2 Classic, big, big old Hummer, sixty some thousand miles on it, and now. The, the car I wanted when I was in my teens and 20s, I could finally afford my 40s, but it's the same model from my 20s. So, yeah. um, but guys, that's that, that's 26 years but of it's me a good working example. Yeah. To, to get a car that I think will look cool. It's, it's a for, long game. It's, it's, it's for the business. It's going to be a concept car. We're going to deck it out because that way you go to events. I usually ride my wife's car everywhere we go because – you know, she's got all the amenities. Boosh. And boosh. Car, car, boosh. But it's got heated seats. It's basically like a private plane. It is. And, and I so mean, it, just so it, took, so it took me 26 years to get to a point where, like, I'm playing the long game where I'm like, okay, I can finally afford the Hummer. And then laugh. I talked to my brother last night. He goes, you're finally getting one. He's like, the new ones? I go, no, 05. He goes, so let me give me this straight. The car you wanted at 25, you're literally buying the same year as when you were 25. I go, yeah. yeah. He goes, you are such a cheap ass. I'll yeah. take that as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I can't go spend 100 grand on a car. A, if I could afford it, I still wouldn't anyways. Yeah. I can't afford it. So, But um, the but overnight it, success thing is just it, it's, it's outplayed. Perspective. It's, it, yes. it's, you're going to cause more damage and dig more of a hole. Yep. It'll take you even longer to get to success because you're going to – because here's the thing is people have this financial wherewithal with the the phones and the, to get crazy loans. And, and not wrong with that. Um, for people who have the work ethic, they're going to dig a hole of debt expecting the, the business is just going to pour in the door the day they open. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Everything mm-hmm. has to be earned. And so this whole need to be an overnight success, I heard somebody say, I'm going to make six figures. I'm going to speak that into existence. That's not how that fucking works. <laughs> you okay? have to work it into you, existence. Um, you have yeah. to work a shitload in existence. <laughs> yeah. And it's still really hard to get to that number. And when I hear these high school kids, and God love them all. Like I love dealing with that age group, the college and the high school mm-hmm. kids, because they're, you know, they're very impressionable. And I'm like, listen, I, I want to be what I needed at that point. You know, I want to give you that secret to success. I want to help you find that path. You're like, I'm going to be a billionaire. I don't think you understand what that means. Yeah. I'm going to be a millionaire. I don't think you understand what that means either. So yeah, do I have some family members who are probably, who are making a million dollars? Yes, I do. Are they in their forties before they ever get there? Yes. Did they have to give up a lot of things while the experiences and vacations that maybe a lot of you guys had in your twenties and thirties? They did. Mm -hmm. A lot of them were in school till they were 28. 
residency fellowship didn't actually start making any actual money until their mid thirties. Like I'm talking, didn't make more than 12 bucks an hour as yeah. a resident moonlighting yeah. on the weekends, working four jobs during medical school until they finally get their first contract at 35. And then what they do is they spend the next eight to 10 years staking every money they make as a doctor. Maybe they're getting paid 500,000 a year. 400,000 of that's going to fucking student loans, okay, guys, and, nope. and, and, and malpractice insurance. And so this isn't until they're like 43, 44, 45, where all of a sudden now they make money. Understand that shit. When you see certain doctors or you see certain lawyers, how long it took them before they ever made money. So, like my little brother would say, like he's an he's a attorney, he's still grinding, he's in his mid 30s. A lot of his friends were buying homes 10 years ago, buying those nicer cars taking those trips and vacations fucker was in school and then tax school and then specialty tax school and doing all those things to get to a point now where he's like, okay, now I have to pay off these loans. So it's going to be until he's 40, but once they're done, boom, he has this. So understand that, Oh, wait, doctors, I have these kids. I want to be a doctor or lawyer so I can make a lot of money. I don't think you understand what that means. Yeah, if yeah. you want to be good at your job, you want to be specialized. Yeah. Your grinding may not be at work. It may be working on school. The grind, nobody, unless you inherit money, and I don't know anybody who really has inherited money in my life, gets to success and has that house, has that car, has that lifestyle, doesn't work off, doesn't work their freaking face off. Like I, I work 80 hours a week. I just before the podcast, these guys are in here, probably got to hear me on the phone with my doctor. I'm like, listen, lady, my balls are dragging right now, okay? I need to increase my testosterone dose. Do you, can I get HGH? Anything to, can I get my, my thyroid meds bumped up? Why? He goes, I'm not going to stop grinding 90 hours a week. I go, how about you give me the meds to make it possible, okay? Because I keep myself healthy, but, you know, I'm like fucking old. So, I, I you know, and that's the thing. It's like I, people think I've got this lifestyle that – you know, they, they see my wife's car, they see, they'll see me driving a home. Like it's crap. Like I understand I am earning it still. And I don't, you know, my vacations, we're going to take a two day trip. It is literally 46 hours. That's how long my wife and I will be gone. Cause that's about how long as we can afford to be gone before shit hits the fan. And we have work to fucking do. We have like, yeah, so we'll do a lot of trips. People see us like, you know, if we pack it up on social media, what they don't realize is everyone wants to do like a five day trip this summer. I can't take fucking five days off. Yeah. Are you shitting me? We were just talking about that the other day. There's I can't. I have six kids. I have six kids in three companies. I don't get the luxury of having vacations. I really don't. If I do a five-day trip ever, which happens about once every two or three years, it is literally a trip for Brittany and I. It's a vacation for the kids. We don't really get to relax. We actually kind of make it a working trip so we can keep things up. Yep. It's for my kids to have experiences, you know, and, and pay them back yeah. for dealing with my insane schedule. That's what it is. As far as a personal vacation, I could tell you right now, the longest trip Brittany and I have ever taken was four days. It was a mission trip in Mexico, sleeping in a tent, building homes. And the only reason it was four days long is because I didn't have the option of making it shorter. And somebody <laughs> else was driving the bus. So that's it. Because yeah. that's and, But that's a sacrifice I make. So if you see the lifestyle that Brittany and I have now, I don't think people quite understand the work that is going in to produce that lifestyle. Hmm. And I, it's this overnight success. You have all this shit. I go, I don't have anything. I've earned every. Last thing, I didn't inherit shit. I've never been given a fucking dime. And I have gotten everything I got. If I want something else, I will find a way to earn it. Yep. And I think, you know, so far, uh, you know, our, and your kids, like, it, listen, I, Steve and I talk about this. I think a lot of parents my age, our age, who have high schooler kids have seen this certain gap between our age group and the millennial age group, you know, the people who are in their early 20s to mid, maybe some late 20s. There's about an eight to 10 year gap there 
where I'm not, I'm going to be very real with you. The work ethic fucking sucks. They expect to have it now. They want it now. They deserve it. That's which is a that's the first term you get. That's the entitlement yep. that you know. It, I should have this. I should already do this. I'm making a million by this. I'm going to make a billion doing Bitcoin. I'm going to do day trade. I'm going to do all this shit that isn't actual work to become a billionaire. So I can be their biggest goal is to be an influencer. All this crap, right? When everybody in their mid to late 30s and their 40s realizes that that's all bullshit, I got to grind. I'm looking to join up with a company that I have opportunities with mm-hmm. and I can be a part owner and I can buy into and grow with yeah. and grow my family with something to leave my kids and leave a generational wealth type situation that I didn't get, you know. And then what you have is that we all have kids in high school. And so we're like, listen, don't be like these douchebags like right here. Don't, don't be like this group, okay? We want you to do this. And so Steve can attest to this. How many of these high school employees that are the 16, 17, 18 right now that are probably some of the best freaking employees I have ever seen in the last 12 years? Oh, hands down. And like, any company I got. In the gyms. I mean, my high school kids kicked the crap out of the 24, 26-year-olds that I had. Like, I'd let those let them go because I'm like, oh, you guys don't do anything. The high school kids, they want to pick up shifts. They want to work. They want to learn you know, and listen learn and, and do. listen and, and do exactly what I tell you. I don't have to come in here and be like, hey, I need you to do this and this. It's already done. Like, I gave a speech at the Gretna High School. This kid had the, the courage to send an email immediately to my website being like, I don't care what it is. I want to be involved. I want to support. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be part of this. Da-da-da. I'm like, Steve, hire this fucking kid. Yeah. We're hiring the kid. Because I'm like, you know what? That took way more balls than any of these 20-somethings who were entitled. And that's the thing is I have half my 20-something-year-olds who literally think that I should employ them on the days that works perfectly for their particular right. mood. Oh, yeah. That's well, like you know, that's like going back to the gym. So we're only staffed 25 hours a week, right? So I had a 24, 26-year-old that I had working full-time. You know, here, here's what you're going to have. You're going to have first access to all that. They're personal trainers, too. I'm like, here, you got yeah. first access to, um, you know, Anybody walking in, you can sign them up at the gym. I'll mm-hmm. pay you part for that. You can get them on. You get first access to sign them up for training. So you can like double dip on this, all this kind of stuff. 25 hours a week. And they're like, I don't have enough time to get everything done. So can I start getting a couple nights off a week? Well, and that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's, and the thing is for us, we're like, okay, like when we don't understand it, we're like, okay, I don't have time. To, like, listen, if you can't figure out by example, I'm leading you, yeah. then I'm not going to even bother. I'm just going to find somebody else. Yep. And, and that's the thing is like, and, and here's the other good news. If you're 27, 28 right now. And you are grinding. Understand that your little age group, you have way less competition. Oh, yes. And so, you know, props to you because you're going to shine like a diamond in the fucking sun. And that's the thing is do not get jaded. Do not get frustrated. I know how easy it is. And this is a conversation I've had with a lot of staff. Uh-huh. Don't get frustrated. Understand that your work will pay off. And the people who are entitled and lazy now, they're going to figure out one of two things. They have a lot of catching up to get to you. Or they're just going to fucking sit on their hands and they're always going to be that person in 50 years who's still begging, bitching, and pissing and moaning. And they're never – nobody has ever gotten great by complaining. I can guarantee you there's nobody sitting in a million-dollar house in any city in the United States other than California because everything costs a million dollars there. But nobody – let's – Omaha, Nebraska. Nobody's sitting in a million-dollar home here who got there by bitching. I can guarantee fucking to you. Mm-hmm. Nobody got there by working a 30-hour work week either. Nope. It didn't happen. So if you want that shit, understand there's a cost and consequence. Do the fucking work. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I know Chad's with me. It, it's amazing because you deal with so many different people in your job that yeah, it's amazing that how many people that expect a deal. Well, right? so you know, it's, it's funny because the last, you know, kind of the last point, you know, I know we're, we're, we're getting to the end here, but you know, I was just thinking with what I do, I've just, I've, I've worked, I work with, 
influencers. There's this whole there's this whole yeah. uh, phenomenon out there with influencers. And I started to think like, how did that even get started? Well, it kind of makes sense. There's an economy out there that is changing and growing and it's instant. You can have a camera, you've got your phone. I mean, we've got we got all these devices and all these gadgets, right? And you have an opportunity there with these things to get your message out there. Well, what's happening is corporations are saying, oh my gosh, we need to contact them. It's a lot cheaper to partner with these influencers than it is to go and get Dwayne The Rock Johnson oh, yeah. or to go and get, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady or or or, you know, Jennifer Lopez or something on our products. It's we're going to have to pay them millions yeah. to partner with them, whereas we can just give our products for free to let them show, you know, these influencers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And, the, and then what happens is, yes, then their deals start to change and they start to grow and they start to have a brand themselves. And it's kind of a cool concept yeah. to be an influencer because now you have built your own brand, you know, for yourself mm-hmm. and you've got these other brands coming in and all of a sudden, and that's sort of where I come in as a videographer, as, you know, a documentarian, um, you know, whether I produce podcasts or I'm producing documentary films for uh, businesses to kind of highlight what, what it is they do. And then the influencers from there on that end go and they take it. Um, this has kind of changed the game yeah. for where I am. And it's becoming, you know, it's becoming who can be the most creative, who, mm-hmm. yeah. who can get the message across better to stop the scroll. Yeah. And, yep. and it's not even so much the people that are on the other end of the camera. Sometimes it's just the people behind it that can create, you know, and, well, and that's, and that's, and we were talking about, and this, that's my challenge. Well, that's the thing is we're, we're, we're talking about this perception of like where Brittany and I are at. And why do you guys have that perception? Because we went from having shit on my iPhone when well, the iPhone cameras got better because Chad yeah, produced have. a bunch of shit that is very artistic. That's very pretty to watch. And, and it's very, the sound is great to listen to and it's by dynamic and it's, it's really highlighting things and like, Holy shit, these guys have made it. Well, yeah, we, we have, but I also found somebody to partner with that's highlighting the work that we've done mm-hmm. and the success that we've had. Well, and, and I've grown ties too. into an emotion, yeah. But and I'm it, kind of growing with you, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. in a way. Because as your companies change and as you add more companies and you have new things, that's more for me to be able to experiment with a lot of the things. And and what's been great about this, and I and I I mean I'm I thought about this a lot. What's been great about this is that we are kind of growing together, and, and, but it's really hard to find. Mm-hmm. That kind of situation is hard to find. And I'm trying to grow within that too and bring other people in on my side that can kind of see that same thing. But when you work with certain people that expect it a certain way or, yeah. or whatever, and they want that instant gratification, I'm still learning every single day. Well, and so, yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to just how we were raised though, Chad. Yeah. It, it's it's. And it's, you know, the kind of schooling that we had, the kind of faith that we had. And, and, it, and I think the reason our partnership works, the reason my partnership with a lot of my, my staff, my partners here mm-hmm. works is because we both want the best for the other person. Yep. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. So if, if Chad, you, if you make it, yeah. I'm I mean, going to make it. And it's the same And also like Chad does yeah. something, you know, cool. I'm like, oh, dude, that's awesome. He gets bigger. He's got a new, he gets new clients, right? He gets new cameras. Yeah. He's do cameras. All of a sudden, I he don't look. Do more stuff I don't look us. as gray on the camera. <laughs> I look younger. Like holy shit, it's something that's work. He looks younger. I'm gonna go buy that shit. It's all because Chad got a different account, and bought a new fucking camera. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. Is it's all success. And and it's the thing is when you really hope the other person's successful. Regard not. I mean, you want yourself to be successful too. But it's like if Chad came to me in six months from now, a year from now, and said, "Hey, dude, like with all the success we had, he got offered a thing and a gig he had to go do where he's gonna be gone for six months to a year, so he can't do us anymore." I'm going to be sad because my, my boy is leaving, 
but I'm going to be happy as fuck because my boy just got some massive success. I'm going to yeah. tell you right now that you know? will never, ever happen. I will make sure. I will make sure that I, ha- I leave somebody behind to, to – that's on the team. Kevin Hart calls. You're my new documentary. <laughs> Come on, Chad. Yeah, and you're gone. Well, no, I know. Of course, I'm. Of course, I'm going to do that documentary. Yeah. But I'm never going to just abandon oh, yeah. because I'm still going to make sure oh, that yeah. I put somebody in my spot that's just as good as me that can still. Well, see, and that's like I told people about chamber meetings and all that kind of stuff and meeting and shaking hands. I'm like, Chad, you got to come with me to these things and, and meet other people. You know, and that's I'm that's down. the whole yeah. point. It's like when you have good intentions, not only for yourself, but for every person around you you work with. 100%. And that's the thing. Logan Irwin, I talked about this last night, that when you've worked in cutthroat industries before, you have a definite appreciation for being valued. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, everyone we do business with or that works with me or works for me, whatever, I show them they're valued. At the end of the day, I'm paying you to do a job because I can't do it. I don't have the time, I don't want to, whatever it is. I value that. Your time is valuable to me. Yep. Chad's time is valuable to me. His success is valuable to me. Your success is valuable to me. You know, that was the thing, like when Steve left teaching to come GM for us, I'm like, I wanna make sure his time is valuable. He's getting paid for his time, he sees growth, he's valued, he's appreciated, he's getting, he's growing personally, he's growing you know, spiritually, he's growing financially, that all those those three things, the faith, family, and finances, that I'm able to contribute it to that. And I think when you do that, it leaves you nothing but you know, just good things, but that's part of the journey and getting there, and it's part of earning it, and it takes, it takes time. Yep. You know, and the thing is, you can't do it by yourself, Nobody got there by bitching, and unless you inherited it, you're gonna have to work for it. And that's the big lesson of today. That that's it. Um, well, we're gonna keep going. We're way over. So, <laughs> well, I have to say one last thing. Yeah. First time trying EX30, it works, guys. Seriously, I've done. Oh my god, <laughs> this is not just a plug. I am not lying. Right now, I don't know. I I mean, I this is the this is the best I've felt in a while. This is great. This Seriously, all, the all good feel I drink good coffee life every formula. morning, but the. I'm switching. It's all good, feel good life for me. The new flavor blueberry lemon came out, lemonade came out last fire. night. Everybody freaking loves it. So it's stop fire. it, Rexius. It's fire. BHI, get it, get a free sample. And thank you for tuning in. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to cover in the podcast for the the beard and the gray to to, to cover, um, shoot them in. Shoot them into rexrushion.com. Sales at rexrushion.com. You can shoot them into info at ironheavenoma.com. Steve's on that one, um, and uh, we'd love to answer them. Honestly, that's that's what gives me the dialogue and things. I want to answer the questions you guys want to watch and listen to. Uh, So kick them on over and we'll go from there. Thanks guys. And keep kicking ass.